Guys, my new book, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital, just hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. It's ranking extremely high on Kindle and Audible, and I want to thank you guys for grabbing it. If you haven't bought it yet, here's what James Y. said in an Amazon review on March 8th. He said, literally, a step-by-step blueprint for conquering the world and building your own empire. Five stars. It's a verified purchase. He goes on to say, if you like doing things the hard way, don't read this book. For everyone else who appreciates someone showing you what to do and why it works step-by-step so you can rinse and repeat and accomplish the same results, read this book now in all caps. He then says, pro tip, stock up on highlighters while you're adding this to your Amazon cart, you'll be using them. This book should be required reading for every entrepreneur, startup or founder, business person, and human. Seriously, Nathan is not a kind of class that cuts through all the bull crap, he used a different word, to show you what you need to do and how to do it. If success came with an instruction manual, this book would be it. We'll be stocking up and handing these out as Christmas gifts to all my friends and colleagues. If I could give this book a six-star review, I would. From James, James, thank you. All you that listen to the podcast, thank you so much. SaaS founders are loving the book. Go grab an audible version right now at capitalistbook.com. Building a great marketplace in a very hot space, but I don't really think anyone has really cracked the model on kind of influencer marketing, especially in a SaaS, you know, going from marketplace to a SaaS company. So he's in it. He's playing the game launched in 2014. Him and his co-founder put in called 125, 130 grand between the both of them. They're doing call it 10, 20 grand per month right now in terms of SaaS product revenue. Over the past 12 months, they've put about a quarter of a million bucks through their uh, kind of platform connecting brands with influencers of which they take about 20%. So there's 50,000 in revenue there as well. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Roger Wu. He's the co-founder of Cooperatize, a marketplace connecting brands with bloggers. Before that, he started an e-commerce site, get, uh, a giftfinder.com, and interactive video software, clickable.tv. He was on the founding team of Bloomberg Law and starting his, started his career on Wall Street. He graduated from the University of Pennsylvania Management and Technology Platform. Roger, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. Hello, everybody. All right. Tell us about the company. What do you guys do and how do you make money? So we operate a marketplace that connects different brands with bloggers, as you as you mentioned. Uh, you know, we're a marketplace, so we take we take a transaction fee um, from each transaction that goes through the marketplace. Our primary focus is in the travel space, but the exciting thing about travel is that everybody writes about travel, whether you're a fitness blogger, you're a food blogger, or you're you know a family blogger. So a lot of our uh, customers cut across all different sectors, and a lot of our other customers can tap that travel blogger marketplace. Mm -hmm. And Roger, just to be clear, so there's no SaaS model here. It's pure marketplace. Correct. Okay. So walk me through, like, give me me an example of what a cut might look like. So I'm a blogger. I travel. I write about how I use my Chase card when I travel. You connect me with Chase. They pay me a grand a month. What do you take? Correct. Correct. So depending on depending on the overall spend with Chase, 
we take anywhere from 10 to 25%. Okay. Um, I, I do take that back. We do have a SaaS model where you can subscribe to our platform because a lot of our travel brands want to just offer trips and freebies. So you can subscribe to the platform and just use it that way. And that way there's no money that goes through the system. Um, the blogger is paying the SaaS fee or the company? The companies are paying the SaaS fee. So Chase would pay you know, $500 a month. They have access to all the bloggers and they can say, hey, I want you to come to this event in this city. And they can just do that on a monthly basis. And why would the blogger do that if they're not getting paid anything from Chase? Because they might get some kind of perk. They, you know, they show up at like a cool event. A lot of our bloggers, it's really the long tail distribution. We call it micro influencers. So these are people that have quote unquote, regular jobs, but they have a, a, a pretty nice following on social media, but they're not Kim Kardashian yet. And so they're not able to necessarily, you know, make, make this a full living, but they're, they want to get different perks, different benefits from their, their following. Okay. And what percentage of your revenue is SaaS based versus just pure transaction revenue? So we started the SaaS model, gosh, maybe like six months ago or so, and just getting started less than 5% as of now. Okay. So what are we talking like 10, 20 grand a month right now coming from SaaS? About that. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So really market, but now why complicate your model? Why introduce SaaS at all? SaaS is a great way to kind of smooth out what you, what you're going to be getting just from running a business perspective. Um, we see a big bump in spends, you know, at the end of every fiscal. So there's a lot of views that are losing kind of budgets. So June's and December, or yeah, June's and December's, we see like big bumps. And with SaaS, it's just easier to predict, easier to kind of run a business than having these big spikes um, throughout the year. Have you raised capital or bootstrapped? So just from my, my business partner and myself, we put in initial money into the business and, you know, it, it's me, him, and we have two other employees. All right. I want to know how, how, how in are you guys? How much have you put in? We've put in about 125 each or total? Uh, total. Total. Okay, good. And now uh, walk me through, kind of put this on a timeline for me. When did you launch the company? Uh, we incorporated about 2013, but you know, incorporation doesn't really mean much. You know, We're sitting there trying to figure out how to make this work. I would say our current model started end of 14, beginning of 15. That's where we started seeing traction in the, in the travel space. We started understanding how things work, you know, how to speak the language to different brands. Um, and, and things just kind of took off from there where initially we were doing everything manually. And then we looked for patterns to figure out, okay, how do we, how do we uh, uh, productize this as opposed to just using spreadsheets and interns? Mm -hmm. So in the last 12 months, how much money has gone through your system? Uh, in the last 12 months, about a quarter million dollars, give or take. Uh Okay, so two hundred fifty thousand, you know, going through the platform, and now you just said you take anywhere between like ten and twenty percent of that. So that means you take call it fifty, maybe thousand there, plus another revenue stream. How, I mean, how are you guys? How are you guys? What, I mean, what's your team size today? Uh, we're small. Okay, like it, how many? It's two two full time employees. Okay, got it. So okay, that makes sense. I was gonna say, how are you supporting yourself? How are you hustling with this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's interesting because the metric that we're going by right now is just number of customers, not necessarily the spend. Uh, part of it is we think that this is going to just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think a lot of people right now are dipping their toes in the water, trying it out, 
But what we want to do is be able to be there. Hey, we were the ones that, you know, you spent $5,000 with us. Awesome. It worked. Now you're ready to kind of double down. Okay. You're just going to spend 25. How do you know if it worked? So we, so good question. We, we put our pixel on every single, uh, piece of content that goes out. So the metric is not followers or likes or comments or anything like that, because those are easily gamed, easily purchased. We put our pixel on, on that story. Um, and we basically say, you know, you need to drive this many views to the story. Um, and, and that's the metric of it. We also, you work with another data provider so that we can see if there's any kind of long-term conversions, um, especially in the travel space. So if day one, you read a story about Tahiti and then 11, 11, 11 months later, you book a flight through, you know, an online travel agency, we can actually connect those dots. Okay, so I'm going to walk through this because this is very, I mean, this is complex. You make it sound very easy, but it's complex. I'm a blogger. Chase says, Nathan, we love your Instagram following. We want to pay you a grand to make an Instagram post. And then we're going to see what happens over the next 12 months. I post with me holding my Chase card and a caption that says, hey, I'm in Mykonos putting all my meal spend on my Chase card because I get 3x meal points. You know, go use Chase. I mean, how do you track that? So we we tie everything back to long form content. We find that social is just very short term. Um, and we feel that social is a way to kind of drive long form content. If you look at any tweets or any Facebook post, more likely than not, there's some kind of link there that drives you to a story. So we have our, what do you mean? A story? When you use the term story, it might confuse people because you're talking about an Instagram story, a Facebook story, like, are you mean, or you mean a blog a thing on a blog blog posts? Okay. That, yeah, very different. So we drive people to a blog post. Um, and so two things, number one, the bloggers can use their social media to drive that traffic. And, and we have a metric for them to hit different targets on that. But then longer term, the there's, there's exposure through search and other kind of tools like that. So it, it's really hitting you on both sides. Number one, discovery, learning about these different products. And then when you're ready to convert and you want to get just the final authority, you're going to Google it. You're going to see one of these stories and you can say, okay, you know, John Smith said it was great. Let me, let me go with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I'm on Instagram. I make that same post. It says to, you know, to read about my full trip, go to my blog. Here's the link. They click the blog on NathanLacka.com. It says, blah, blah, blah. Here's how I use Chase, blah, 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 blah. What you're saying is let's say Jon Snow views it today. He clicks around, you know, sites for 12 months, 13 months, a year later, him and his wife are planning a trip. They go, Oh, remember Nathan's post about Mykonos. We want to go to Mykonos and use our chase card. Right. I mean, how, how, how do you make sure that the cookie is active that long? I mean, how do you know that someone else's cookie doesn't get in front of my cookie from 12 months? I mean, attribution is not easy. It's not easy. So we do a couple different things. Um, one of them is only on the destination side. So we work with a company that buys all the data across united.com, kayak.com. I mean, you name it, hilton.com. It's only for travel. And we see the, the a win for us is not necessarily a purchase because you're right, that cookie gets kicked out a billion times. Um, a win for us is when you do a search. And the reason why is because let's, you know, somewhere undesirable. I could tell you all this great stuff about it and say that it's, you know, hundred dollars to go. You're still not going to want to go. Um, but if there's a great destination, you're going to finally, when you're finally convinced that you want to go, you're going to ask, well, how much does this cost? And that's the equivalent of doing a search on one of these online travel agencies. 
and and maybe that flight is outside of your budget. Um, but you know, again, that's that's we we demonstrated that there was interest in terms of uh, you know your intent to go to this yeah. destination. I mean, you understand my question, right? Like this this is not like you have picked a very 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 difficult business to get into. That by the way is also extremely complex. I'm just wondering, like like why you're still bullish on it after four years, 50,000 in revenue and a SaaS product that, you know, probably has churned through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, the space is definitely getting very crowded. I mean, the, the competition right now is everything from, um, uh, uh, interns and spreadsheets to other platforms that offer kind of agency models to just everything else under the sun. I think partly is because, you know, we've automated so much, that right now a lot of it is just outreach. And I think in the long term, we can really, you know, we, we can have a more efficient model at a lower price. So while everybody's going after the Californias and the Floridas of the world, we can work with smaller destinations because the minimum spend is, is you know, as, as little as you want to spend because there's no humans behind it. Um, and so that, that's why I was saying before our metric is about how do we, can we, can we sign on more destinations? Because it's just a long, long-term sale where we're dealing with budgets that are, you know, two, three years in advance sometimes. Um, Got and it. so that, that's kind of why I'm still, still in the game. Well, why not just sell the thing? Get, if, get whatever you can and get the hell out and go build something else. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe that that's an alternative. I mean, you know, we're, we're open to all kinds of, uh, options. I think, you know, maybe, maybe a road that we want to go down is raise some money and, and, and build out a sales team possibly. Um, or maybe it's finding an existing purchaser and, and, and helping that take. How, how many brands are, have put at least a hundred bucks through your platform? Oh, um, at least I want to say at least like 500. Okay. And how many influencers have made at least a hundred bucks on your platform over your, over your life of the company? Uh, at least 5,000. Okay. All right. Yeah. So interesting marketplace. Yeah. The thing I found with marketplace is even when you look at like a Fiverr or like these guys is like once, once somebody finds someone they like working with in terms of a company like working with, they typically end up taking it out of your marketplace. So you have to worry about one, making it all the difficulty and making the connection in the first place. And then secondly, <laughs> if it turns out great, it makes sense for them to go around you to save 10 to 20%. Right. So like, it's yeah. just it's such a tough model. Yes. I, I think partly we realize that and what we want to kind of put in place are different tools that fit into the workflow. So for example, one of the things that we do is when you start drafting the content, we have an AI that kind of reads the content for you and grades it. So if you're getting a hundred pieces of content, you can quickly scan it. You know, Hey, this is green, 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 green. Oh, here's one that's, that's orange. Let me, let me take a look at it. Um, you know, our technology to kind of track the reads, of all the stories, where are these people coming from? How long are they staying on the site? Yep. Uh, you know, we hope that those tools kind of hook you in, but you know, it's still it's it's still challenging. Yep. All right, Roger. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Favorite business book? Uh, I just read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? I really like uh, Jeff Bezos, but I think a lot of people do. Um, you know, I, I, I good question. Jeff is good fine. No, Jeff is fine. No, number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? Online tool, WordPress. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Seven. 
And what's your situation? Married, single, kids? Single. Single. No kiddos? No kids. All right. And how old are you, Roger? 41. 41. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? <laughs> I wish my 20-year-old self would know the last 20 years in, 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 a, in a quick slideshow. They would have access to my Twitter account. What, what, so what is something you wish you knew when you were 20? That everything is much harder than it seems. Guys, there you have it. Everything is much harder than it seems from Roger, who is, you know, building a great marketplace in a very hot space. But I don't really think anyone has really cracked the model on kind of influencer marketing, especially in a SaaS, you know, going from marketplace to a SaaS company. So he's in it. He's playing the game launched in 2014. Him and his co-founder put in called 125, 130 grand between the both of them. They're doing call it 10, 20 grand per month right now in terms of SaaS product revenue. Over the past 12 months, they've put about a quarter of a million bucks through their uh, kind of platform connecting brands with influencers of which they take about 20%. So there's 50,000 in revenue there as well. Roger, thank you for taking us to the top. Great. Thanks so much.